0: You're listening to Token Talks, brought to you by Wing Venture Capital. I'm your host, Zach DeWitt.
1: We achieve the ultimate distribution of token by essentially at Genesis 8, 600 million people, who which is the number of people who have a PC at home right now, stands a fair and equal chance to mine the Space Mesh coin almost irregardless of how much money they have.
0: Today we are joined by Tomer Efek, CEO and co-founder of Space Mesh. Fresh off raising a $15 million Series A read by PolyChain, Space Mesh is building a novel Later 1 protocol working to develop a block mesh operating system using a proof-of-space-time consensus protocol. Space Mesh is focused on fairness as it intends for its proof-of-space-time consensus mechanism to be run on any computer, while making it resistant to powerful mining chips called application-specific integrated circuits, otherwise known as ASICs. Proof-of-space-time is being designed to allow participants to store data on their computer over a period of time. This system would be less intensive than proof-of-work algorithms, such as used by the Bitcoin protocol, and more accessible and fairer distributed than proof of stake systems. I think you will greatly enjoy today's episode, as Space Mesh is one of the most exciting Layer 1 projects, and Tomer is quite passionate about Space Mesh's mission to deliver fair money to the world. Welcome. Please introduce yourself.
1: Hi, Zach. Thank you so much for having me. My name is Tomer, and I am the founder and CEO of Space Mesh.
0: Wonderful. I've heard wonderful things about Space Mesh, so excited to be connected. And Tomer, what were you doing before Space Mesh?
1: So I come from the dark forces, actually. I've been a VC for about seven years. I've done investment in early stage internet startups on behalf of a vehicle called Evergreen. It's been a tremendously important experience in shaping who I am and and my understanding of what it takes to succeed. But after doing that for seven years, I have grown tired of investing and felt the hunger of building something with my own hands. I have joined a small company called Contexting, which later changed the name to Convert Media. And the company ended up being acquired by tabula.com and it was a nice transaction. And when that ended, I was at the point where I really, for the first time, I think, asked myself important questions such as, you know, who am I and what kind of impact do I want to leave on this world? And it struck me as odd that I'm doing this so late in my life, but better late than never. And. I was sort of in a survival mode until that point. So anyways, I realized that there's a bunch of people who can't make sense of this world right now because what it takes to succeed and where they stand from, you know, a moral and ethical standpoint doesn't go hand to hand and and they want to do great. They just don't understand what's great in this world means. And when I came about blockchain, it was, I can't say love at first sight, because I'm not a natural to those things, and it took me some time to get a grasp of everything. But luckily for me, I have a friend for 30 years who have left me to spend time in, in the U.S. while I've stayed in Israel and then came back to Israel and been my mentor into all this And I think only by understanding how much better we can do than what we're doing right now, did I became aware of how unfair things are right now and and how much better we should and could be doing. So I think mankind will rise to the challenge and the setup of all this is a crisis in the you know liberal democratic system which is basically leaves us with zero options right i mean we've tried a bunch of stuff like communism and fascism and liberalism should have won all these but that's failing too so i think rather than getting into a state of shock or hysteria we'd rather kind of like acknowledge the fact that There ain't no telling where we're going from here. And um, I think at a time of great confusion like these, clarity is important. So we have built space mesh around the notion of fairness. And it's a value, not a property. And because it's a value, we could apply it to many different questions and ask at any of those questions what would be the fairest. Thing to do, but I think I'm jumping ahead in terms of the flow of questions. So basically, that's what I've been doing prior to Space Mesh.
0: And what is Space Mesh?
1: Yeah, so Space Mesh is a base layer protocol to achieve permissionless, trustless consensus between home PCs, forming a huge Mesh network that will run the best possible the fairest possible programmable money so to explain what i've just said essentially everybody who has a pc with some free drive at home is welcome to download a certain software and leave the pc open with a certain amount of hard drive allocated to space mesh and from that point onwards that person will start to make coins for its contribution to the security of the network it will start to generate coins those coins will be had in something called a wallet and he will then be able to further use those coins in order to build things etc any point in time, if he wishes, he can sell those coins and make the kind of money it he, she needs in order to essentially pay the bills. We are using two main innovations in space in order to achieve what I have just described. One is rather than using proof of work like Bitcoin or proof of stake like Ethereum, we're using a different type of consensus called proof of space-time, which essentially means that the kind of proof that you need to provide is that you've stored a certain amount of storage, say, in the multipliers of 200 gigabytes, so 200, 400, 600, et cetera. You decide how much storage you want to give to the protocol. The protocol will then generate cryptographic garbage, which is meaningless besides the proof of it. And essentially, by doing that, you become eligible. So the first innovation is in the consensus. And then the second innovation is around parting ways with the notion of a blockchain, but rather using a topology of a mesh, which allows much higher throughputs being able to process far more blocks because different blocks that are created simultaneously at different locations don't race each other to go on the chain but rather are both accepted and um, building around the notion of fairness had an immediate direct implication which is that everything which is raced based meaning that Parties compete each other will always create a situation where somebody will gain an unfair advantage by creating designated hardware, designated whatever. So essentially, the only way to avoid this problem is to not use a race. And therefore, in Space Mesh, we do not use this great idea of lottery based on proofs and rather if it's your turn to mine as a you know weak node quote unquote nobody will raise you and when it's your turn to publish the block you will publish the block and get the reward etc so it's a really different altogether way which we believe gains this very unique property of fairness fairness means to us that you would be able to sustain profit margin of the home miner against large incumbents. So essentially, if you think about what happened in Ethereum and then what happened again in Bitcoin, people started to mine this at home, and essentially at some point, larger player got into the picture and sort of poked them in the eye. If you want to gather excitement and attention around this idea of running this from home again you'd need to make sure people understand why it will not happen to them on for the third time now when the bigger players will participate and then in space mesh i think we are achieving this property we're proving mathematically that we are achieving this property of linearity in the world so It's the same as buying more lottery tickets. It's fair to buy 200 lottery tickets if you can afford it, but basically you only approve your chances linearly, but not beyond.
0: Please describe proof of space-time and why you think it's an improvement upon proof of work and proof of stake.
1: Proof of work is actually fairly secure, but the main problem of this protocol is the enormous waste. And... The waste is not a necessity, and if we could avoid this tremendous waste, which is growing fast on a daily basis, that you know, the faster the better. And then proof of stake has some issues, especially around the nothing at stake and, and the requiring of bonds, and. The fact that if you put a bar of even, you know, a few thousand dollars, which one needs to stake up front in order to be a player, this means that a lot of us will not be able to afford it. And essentially, I like the idea of participating in the network being a riskless exercise on the miner's end. So essentially, you don't need to spend all that money in order to just start and experience this so the low barrier to entry property is critical to this and then the other, again, great property which I've already covered about proof of space-time is the linearity in the rewards and this ability to sustain the profit margin of the home miner against larger players. So um, If we define fairness by Creating discrimination and selection based on man-made borders, and if we define unfairness essentially by a powerful player uh, banding the rules to its favor because it's you know leveraging its power, so I can explain why space mesh and this idea of proof of space time is in fact more fair then the alternatives, if measured through this particular perspective.
0: And please describe a bit more about the mesh architecture and why mesh is the new chain.
1: The idea around, around mesh is, or at least around space mesh version of a mesh, is that it's a direct acyclic graph. So it means that every layer of nodes points backwards to its previous layer. And this way, you get, you have a mesh which is growing, but it has a clear notion of layer 1, layer 2, layer 3, and every block explains. The first thing the block writes is what layer it belongs to. In order to achieve total ordering of all the blocks, we need to create consensus about which block is in which layer. And then the ordering inside each layer can be easily done by each party on its own side by calculating, say, the hashes or something like that. So by agreeing on which block is in which layer, we have total ordering of all the blocks. And this is a very powerful idea as it allows scale far beyond uh, what the chain can allow.
0: And tell us a little bit more about the hair what you're calling the hair protocol and the tortoise protocol and how they interact.
1: The idea here is that you know how there are events that their chances of occurring are say one in a million. And almost every consensus protocol is exposed to those particular one in a million type things. When you run a blockchain in full production for 10 years, one in a million type events will occur in order to make sure that even though so unlikely these events did occur, the chain or the network isn't stuck and isn't freezing and isn't dysfunctioning, but rather has a mechanism of self- Self-healing means that if stuff gets distorted for a certain amount of time, there's a slower but more robust consensus protocol that will heal that obstruction. And over time, the amount of damage, even under extreme conditions of 51% attack, the amount of damage backward in time, that a malicious party can do is limited because the further you go back in time, the more the more set in stone history is, and the harder the essentially malicious party need to work in order to try and change that. So the idea of the hell is trying to achieve a fast consensus in an off-chain Byzantine agreement between the layer committee participants. And then in the case that we're under attack and this doesn't succeed, or in any other case of an attack, essentially we have also this slower but more robust counting of the legality of each block. So eventually you have a certain amount of votes saying this block is legal and a certain amount of blocks that says this block is illegal. And the challenge in proof of space-time in particular is if a malicious party will send a block really late in the layer duration and then some of the blocks will see it in time and some will not see it in time and you will start to create a confusion and then by controlling even a small amount of nodes in the committee, it can keep the party from ever achieving consensus. And what you need to understand is that regardless of how unlikely these events are, we wanna make sure they don't create anything catastrophic. So we are upon those events, revert to a, a slower and safer consensus.
0: What trade-offs are you guys making using proof of space-time? So you said it's, it's more fair, and you also said it's faster. Um, what, what are some of the, the trade-offs that you may be making and sacrificing using this consensus mechanism?
1: To be completely honest and transparent, I think there ain't no telling yet. Proof of space-time hasn't been running in a while for enough time for anyone to say something intelligent. So we don't know, but there is a valid, you know, logical path where this becomes superior to proof of work and proof of stake, at least when measured in, you know, the criterias which I am familiar with for blockchain infrastructure, which is security and decentralization first and foremost, and then scalability and robustness and essentially all these important properties. So I don't think I can discuss it in a manner of pros and cons and say yeah, we're giving up. I think the challenge is creating an optimal compromise in each of those, say, ASICs of a matrix in order to come up with the optimal solution to this result. So Everything comes on the expense of some other stuff and the only way to get out of this loop is essentially by making what you believe is the optimal selection of of those important properties.
0: Is Space Mesh focused on its smart contracting abilities? Is that the core use case for Space Mesh?
1: No, money. So first and foremost, I think the... Idea, the Satoshi incredible idea of internet decentralized, truly totally accessible, and truly totally cheap money isn't solved. I think that Bitcoin is uh, successful as a store of value. I think the cost of transactions and a lot of things around the enormous cost of electricity and then the necessity to essentially gain those back in order to pay the miners either the protocol reward or transaction fees. So I think the money being programmable and the ability to create smart contracts on top of that is only relevant if the money bit is sorted. So the first and foremost use case of space mesh is programmable money.
0: I think that is the most interesting use case. Just on that, on programmable money, tell us a little bit more about the token, the space mesh token, you know how many will be created, have you started to, you know, lay out the plans for the token economics?
1: We have laid out the basics between say the investors and the community etc and we went into this knowing that one condition that we have that at least 75 percent of the coins will be owned by the miners and we also realized that the biggest problem in the blockchain space which isn't sort of being dealt with, is the distribution. And in order to really achieve a fair distribution of the coin, if you think about it in proof of stake, somebody needs to give you the stake, either sell it to you or airdrop it to you or something. But if I am a leopard in a basement and I don't know anybody and nobody's selling me or giving me anything, I can still download the space mesh software and mine my own coin. So we achieve the ultimate distribution of token by essentially at genesis state 600 million people who which is the number of people who have a PC at home right now stands a fair and equal chance to mine the space mesh coin. Almost irregardless of how much money they have. So unless they, you know, rush to buy more storage at the store, etc., you can make an argument about that. But generally speaking, by creating, as I've mentioned, low barrier to entry and linearity in the rewards, we are able to deliver on at least on paper on, on this format of sustaining fairness, even upon drastic changes in the coin price or, or, or such other, you know, extra organic events, which we don't anticipate right now.
0: That's great. And I think that's a, a very fair structure. How do you feel about early adoption in terms of, you know, where it will come from, how you'll market this, um, you know, how you'll get the word out about space mesh and start having people downloading the software and enter into the, the proof of space time?
1: Yeah. So it depends When, right? Because right now, SpaceMesh is just a couple of months away from a testnet, and there's the period in between testnet and mainnet, which our dialogue is mostly with serious protocol developers and really technical people, either researchers of consensus or cryptography or the economic bit which we are currently working out with some phds in economics from harvard debugging the model and trying to simulate and make sure that it will behave as we want and anticipate it to behave and that we've built out the right incentive structure so we're really getting some serious helping role playing this out so the name of the group is Prism, and I extremely recommend other uh, blockchain companies to to undergo this process of using economy to debug and sort of resilient your model. I think the next step is to have a dialogue with the broader community and naturally since i have already pointed out the notion of fairness the first thing we're doing is something called the fairness project which we're asking all the industry leaders in the blockchain space what they think fairness means so it's not what we think is fair now applied but rather we're opening up this question and making sure we get a broad enough perspective of different people and their idea of fairness. So, we've asked Matt Huang and we've asked uh, Sam Lessing and we've asked Tovi Wan and Melton and Linda and just a bunch of really smart people. And, and we really got some interesting different perspectives on what is fairness. And all this is currently being animated and will be shared by the individuals and regardless. So, you know, we're planning some nice viewing ability there. So the natural evolution of the Space Mesh is around giving voices to suppressed communities. Some of them potentially have great content creators in it. So just, you know give money and empower those people to be creating more and more content to share how it is and why they're suffering. That's kind of at very high level our plan. And another thing is that it has to be very global, and I am spending a lot of time traveling now and meeting people and trying to understand what fairness means to them and making sure that... We're not biased by the local fairness problems of the Western world.
0: And speaking of fairness, you know, how do you think about the big vision for Space Mesh? We're
1: well, all on a mission. I think there is a sense of urgency. As I think I've mentioned, this came about on the knees of a major crisis in trust we have with our leaders. And with the system mostly and essentially my big vision is that we all have to hurry up and create a global level playing field and I think if we will contribute in any mean shape or form to reduce the suffering of a lot of the people who don't get a chance right now. I think there is nothing greater in this life to hope for. And meaning is everything to me and it's everything to my team. And I think the one thing that unites Space mesh and help us execute really well is this commitment to a goal which is greater than any one of us but rather the suffering of many 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 people the unnecessary suffering again this is a pain and i don't want to talk too big so essentially as i've said any contribution on not formed will be a blessing from where we stand
0: i agree um tell us a little bit more about uh, one, the Space Mesh team, and two, Space Mesh's funding to date,
1: fundraising. I've been very lucky starting this uh, trip in the blockchain with my partner, Aviv. We started to read about the important researchers in the space, and we started to ask some smart people that we know who they think is the smartest of them all, and all the fingers, at least in no in, in local... Close circle, all pointed out to Talmudan, and I happen to know Talmudan as he was employed in my first startup as a white hat hacker, and then went ahead and did the whole, you know, glorious academic career, and ended up essentially researching cryptography and particularly blockchains and doing his. Uh, postdoc in Harvard, and then really researching deeper proof of space. And he's been doing that for the past five or six years. And when we've met and he explained what he explained, it became very obvious to me at least that this is the real deal. And at some point he asked us to add Dr. Bentov to the group Dr. Rido Bentov, who was teaching at, in Cornell at the time, and Moran, who was teaching in Tel Aviv at the time, and even and myself, were, you know, 700% all in, and all of us went ahead on this journey, and, um, yeah, the team now account 13 developers in Tel Aviv, and... Ido Bentov is, I'm really proud to say, now committed full-time. He has resigned from his duties in Cornell and is now committed full-time to the spaceman's Project, not because any of us is great, but because he is now convinced this is indeed a fairer way to achieve consensus in the commissioner setting. And um, the team is growing fast. We're interviewing a lot of developers. And if you're hearing this and you're a developer looking for work, we're hiring all the time and everywhere. And uh, myself right now, I am in the process of relocating my family from Tel Aviv to Brooklyn. You know, I'll be traveling too much as I always, but essentially... I will be doing that out of a base in Brooklyn.
0: That's great. That's really exciting. And, and what about um, Space Mesh's funding to date?
1: We've raised three point five million in seed from some really great investors, such as Decrypt. I don't know if you happen to know the blockchain at Berkeley guys, but Beyond Awesome and my friends and I really like those guys and couldn't recommend more as as a seed investor. Their contribution has been beyond. Sam Lessing from Slow Ventures, which is, again, one of a kind. And just a bunch of great investors. And then once we announced the seed round, I started to get some calls. And I traveled to the West Coast not knowing what or how it's going to turn out. And when I realized the demand is exceeding every possible expectation, I have essentially resorted back to my team and we said, what's the first thing to do? And we all agreed that raising the exact amount of money that we need under the, you know, a certain plan is the first thing to do. And we came up with a number, which is 15.15 million million. This number is, I think, dramatically less than the second project when you sort out by amount raised. So essentially, we are by far the project that raised the least amount of money from the major project. And the participants of that $15 million was Polychain, Metastable, Paradigm, which is Fred and Matt, New Vehicle, and DHVC, and um, XRP, and 1KEX, last sem, my friend, and, and just a bunch of the best possible investors. I think once we've announced that we will not raise more than $15 under no conditions, then it created some scarcity that really helped in terms of us being able to choose our investors very carefully. I believe the theme that unites all my investors is the interest in the longer term vision of what this technology can enable as opposed to outsmarting the you know the short term speculative aspect so I think aligning everyone's interest on the longer haul makes everything very clear in terms of aligning everyone's interest and only those who has the patient to see this one through to the end essentially a part of this round so i feel very fortunate and blessed to be given this opportunity we take it to heart and to soul and to everything and we're trying to be super lean with how we spend this money and we're trying to focus our efforts on having a great product first and foremost and usability and other things like the experience we take extra importance in and then when it will be time to grow this community further and beyond we will try to do the right things on that front but it's not where my head is at right now so
0: that's that's great no i mean, it's, it's you have world-class investors so that's wonderful so how can our listeners uh, follow the progress of Space Mesh and, you know, how can they join the growing community?
1: In our website, you will find a link to our uh, Gitter and over at GitHub, we're all just chatting and you're welcome to join the chat. And other than that, there's also a link to our GitHub and over there, there's plenty of documentation and stuff to read about the project, as well as means you can contribute and get rewarded, but again, mainly as a as a developer right now and I apologize for that, but I committed to making SpaceMesh accessible to much more people than those who know how to write code. But, you know, takes time. So we're rushing into executing on the on the on the product side right now and this is where our focus is And we're laser focused on execution on the product side. I think as I've said before, we have a unique culture and this culture of of solving hard problems together as a team as opposed to, you know, rock stars and superstars is kind of working out for us and we're doing some nice progress on the code front, which is all open on Gitter and you can track the progress there. But Basically, the best way if you are a non-developer which want to be notified when they stop speaking geek and start to speak human language, uh, just you know subscribe to our mailing list and, and be notified when major progress on the product occurs.
0: The key takeaways from today's episode are one, according to the space mesh team. Proof of work blockchains suffer from known scalability issues and massive energy waste that compromise their long term viability. And proof of stake solutions resolve the scalability concerns, but at the cost of compromised decentralization and security. Two, Space Mesh is focused on creating a new protocol and token for money use cases such as store of value and payments that has a decentralized and fair distribution, meaning anyone can download the software and start earning Space Mesh tokens right away. And three, SpaceMesh aims to create money that is energy efficient, highly decentralized, and fair as no player is too small to participate. Thank you for listening to the show. We're trying to make the crypto ecosystem more mainstream and welcoming. So if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a five-star review in iTunes and share this with one person you know who is trying to learn more about crypto technology. You can reach me on Twitter at Zachary Dewitt, or email me at zach at wing.